Podster. I would advise people to really look deeply at you know their idea, uh, not just in terms of like oh how much money can the idea make, but mm-hmm. look at it in terms of like you know will you be passionate and will you be loyal and hardworking to your idea and your brand for five, ten, fifteen years, right? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to put in that kind of commitment to bringing it to life? Hi guys, welcome to the Remasters. The Remasters is a show about founders, innovators, entrepreneurs. and all those dreamers who have hustled to create some amazing products and services we dive deeper into these brilliant minds and deconstruct what makes them tick they really are dream hustlers because we believe that these dreamers have followed their dreams relentlessly in this episode we speak with arman sood co-founder of the brand sleepy out coffee a brand revolutionizing cold and hot brew coffee He has recently been featured in the Forbes 30 under 30 list for 2020. From starting it in a small room in 2016 to serving more than 60,000 customers today, Sleepy Owl as well as Rahman have come a long way. Thank you for coming on the show, Rahman. It's a pleasure to have you. My pleasure, Anmol. Thank you for having me on the show as well. So I'll begin with this question that I've had. You know, Peter Thiel, the billionaire who co-founded PayPal, believes that elite universities are overpriced relics holding back innovation. Elon Musk says college is for fun. Do you regret going to college? Uh, Anmol, no, I actually don't regret going to college. Uh, I feel like you know I grew up in Calcutta, and the first time I stepped out, uh, let's say into the real world, away from the protection of family and your. school friends etc into the college world so i moved from calcutta to sonipat right and right. when i moved from uh, calcutta to sonipat and joined jindal law school i spent five full years in that university in a very new environment in a very foreign environment in a way you can say um mm-hmm. you know away from the protections and i was independent for the first time so mm-hmm. so i think irrespective of the education aspect the whole mm-hmm. idea of going to university uh, studying a particular discipline uh grooming yourself you know that part that journey uh was amazing and i really mm-hmm. benefited a lot from that experience overall having In said that sense. each person has their own experience so so i think uh, you know when i joined college i think i was you know it helped me in those five years to develop a lot of confidence a lot mm-hmm. of early leadership skills um right. you know any sort of public speaking fright that i might have had disappeared in those five years because law school in particular gives you that opportunity right right um because it was a new law school uh, i also had the opportunity to try my hand at some entrepreneurial activities in those 5 years there right? right so we sold t-shirts and merchandise to our students we started a small canteen um nice. i did a lot of projects both uh, you know for profit and not for profit i worked mm-hmm. with the human rights society animal rights society we used to go to the orphanage every sunday and gather people to you know come and play sports and teach sports to the orphanage children um you know i got to part- travel and participate and go to other law schools for debates for moot court activities i was on the football team and again you know uh, there's a lot of team building camaraderie competitive spirit that that right. was taught to me there i also took the opportunity and again you know i like i said university is different for everybody i seized the opportunity right mm-hmm. uh, to to attempt to stand uh, you know for the post of student council student body president and in right. my third year i stood against a senior student and i lost the elections and in my uh-huh. final year which was the fifth year i stood again right and this time i was lucky to win the elections and i uh, was the president of the student body for one year so that was another fantastic leadership experience that i had um, mm-hmm. other than that we got to interact with great professors you know who all came from many different disciplines 
and they mm-hmm. taught us a lot of things so while i'm not even now talking about specifically the education part of the university i'm talking right. about everything else that university has to offer right, right. so uh, so so on these on these grounds on this basis i would happily say i don't regret ever going to college and you had a family which was entrepreneurial how did the entrepreneurial bug sort of bit you was it in college uh, how, how did it all happen so so i mean i you know my dad's a businessman uh, and my mom's a teacher right mm-hmm. so i don't think necessarily you know there was a lot of encouragement or idea to do business you know or become an entrepreneur mm-hmm. those conversations are not something we had at home right. uh, you know um, my my parents were very happy that i chose to go to law school i was a very indecisive kid right. uh, i had uh, physics chemistry math and bio in my plus 2 so basically mm-hmm. i had all subjects and i had all options in front of me and mm-hmm. in the very last moment i decided that you know law school might be a better fit for me or my personality mm-hmm. and i went to law school and while i enjoyed the discipline and i enjoyed studying the subjects i met my co-founder ashwajit in law mm-hmm. school who is my co-founder at sleepy owl now as well and right. he opened my eyes to you know okay there's something like you know entrepreneurship or business and startups and like this world exists right and right. Uh, that that's when my eyes you know and my mind opened up to uh, you know these different possibilities and mm-hmm. uh, you know from then on i'd say like we we always pursued doing something hatke you know right uh, taking right. the path less traveled if i can say and <laughs> uh, that was that was really fun for us and you did constitutional law and intellectual property and from that to a cold brew coffee like how do you see the dots connecting backward i mean i i i you know i would say the dots don't connect from constitution and intellectual property to cold brew Uh, uh-huh. there there would uh, be probably many more things that happen in between that you know mm-hmm. uh, made cold brew coffee possible but uh-huh. like i said during law school you know uh, i i didn't have the privilege to you know tell my parents hey listen i'm going to drop out of law school and i don't want to study you know we come from a family mindset where education is important so it was like okay right. you're in university you have ideas uh-huh. no problem but you will get a degree and you will also get a degree with flying colors you know you have to study hard you have to do your subjects well so, uh-huh. so i always you know was then also slightly indecisive i wasn't 100% ki oh i'm going to become an entrepreneur it was mm-hmm. like okay you know if i were to become a lawyer what were the areas that i enjoy and that i would like to pursue so for mm-hmm. me these two subjects became my subjects that i really enjoyed studying and if i were to be a lawyer i think mm-hmm. uh, today i'd be a lawyer in either constitution law or intellectual property law but as right. you know things happened very differently and uh-huh. towards the towards the final year of law school both my co-founder ashwajit and i decided that you know we will work at startups and young organizations and when uh-huh. we have our own idea then uh-huh. we can quit and we can start and work on our own idea full time and that's what happened right as soon as we finished law school uh, he worked at a fashion startup i worked at an education startup we worked there mm-hmm. for almost uh, one year each Uh-huh. and we had a fantastic experience learning from these young organizations but you know there was that bug of wanting to start something on our own so mm-hmm. we started researching ideas and places where we knew that okay it's something we can do right like uh, and something right. that we're passionate about we we're not computer scientists or coders per se right so a right. lot of tech ideas were kind of beyond our execution even though we had ideas executing uh-huh. it was not our forte so we right. narrowed down and said okay you know the food and beverage segment is something that uh, you don't need to necessarily be a professional in and you can uh-huh. start from scratch and right. when we started researching food and beverage we you know also looked at our own behavior and we were we were avid coffee drinkers i was 
you know let's say i mostly drink instant coffee but he would drink uh, a lot of french press and analyzing our own behavior we understood that okay there's a global trend called cold brew coffee that is not yet prevalent in india but mm-hmm. uh, if you you know think intelligently yes you know indians do drink a lot of cold coffee and maybe cold right. brew could come here you know uh-huh. we just connected these dots and started sleepy owl yeah and that was my next question like how do you convince a population which has grown up on cold coffee to choose something like a cold brew coffee and did you so, need to educate your customer a lot and how do you still need to do that a lot of course you know so our 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 education process has been continuous from day 0 till now we have always focused our energy on educating customers as to what is cold brew coffee how is it different from a cold coffee and now that i'm here i'll take that opportunity to explain it you know right. cold coffee the traditional sense of the term is instant coffee mixed with a lot of milk and maybe ice cream and sugar and blended right that's a cold right. coffee yeah right then you have a cold brew coffee and an iced coffee right, right. an iced coffee is essentially a coffee that's made uh, using an espresso shot right, right. which comes right. from a machine and the coffee is brewed in hot water that small shot of coffee espresso coffee is uh-huh. uh, you know you add milk to it and again you can blend it cold right. brew on the other hand is coffee that is brewed overnight in cold water right So right. the difference is that you don't brew it at high temperature you brew it in cold water which is again at a very low temperature and you give it at least 12 to 16 hours of brewing time right so the right. process of brewing is different in the end of course you get a decoction that can uh-huh. again be mixed with milk and blended to give you a cold brew style cold coffee right mm-hmm. so while all of this sounds complicated it's actually very simple but when you are mm-hmm. when you have to start selling this product to a customer i uh-huh. think it's uh, you know how you can communicate this to them on your website on your social media in your uh, events and pop-ups and sampling that you do on your right. packaging how can you communicate it make it easy right. for them to understand because you don't have one to one access right the way i have the opportunity to talk to you and the audience today and explain this this is right. not possible with you know every single customer that buys from you so right. uh, so you have to use every other opportunity that you have to kind of educate them and uh-huh. the education process is continuous it's very challenging but right. uh, i think one thing that we've done over the years is, is is create a market or a category for something that didn't exist which i think right. is a lot of fun and do you see a lot of competitors now coming into this space uh, and how do you plan to deal with that so absolutely i think uh, you know in the over the last few years in fact the first competitor to do cold brew in in india right after we launched was starbucks right so starbucks mm-hmm. was serving cold brew globally they weren't serving it in their cafes in india and a little after we launched they launched their cold brew all across cafes in india and uh, now there are a lot of other startups that are also doing cold brew for us we always looked at uh, competition as welcoming because we mm-hmm. feel like uh, you know cold brew requires an education so the more people are there in the market the more customers will be educated about cold brew the more mm-hmm. they'll search for options in cold brew specifically and when they do chances are they will come across us and they might try us and then of course the product and the customer experience speak for itself right right um, so so we i think welcome competition because it it expands the category right i right. think uh, cold brew as a category is very niche and it uh-huh. is growing and getting bigger and the uh-huh. more people that are doing it the more customers that you know come into this category right and you started a few ventures before sleepy owl came into being like do you consider them as uh, failures or stepping stones how important is it to fail in india so i i think you know uh, i think it's very important to fail in every walk of life right because failure teaches you a lot mm-hmm. right um mm-hmm. irrespective of uh, you know when that failure is or how that failure is even the even the biggest ultimate success 
has a mm-hmm. lot of small failures before it becomes an ultimate success right mm-hmm. um so i i feel like every every venture that i started before sleepy owl and there was i'd say one full time venture which was registered as a company and mm-hmm. the others were you could say you know just small projects that we did each of those projects taught us a lot uh, you know we made mistakes we learned from our mistakes uh, we 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 learned how to do things differently when you do it the second time around right mm-hmm. so let's say when in college we started a bar accessory company everything right. that we did you know when we started that company uh, we did with you know it was the first time and we made a lot of mistakes and uh, you know right from the operation side to the branding side to uh, how you do your product packaging and shipping logistics everything was done in a particular way and at that time we didn't know there were mistakes right, right. only right. after that entire you know experience was over and when uh-huh. we had to start again right when uh-huh. we started sleepy owl we learned a lot of new things this time and we realized oh, okay you know the way we did it the first time was not the absolute right way to do it and right. uh, you know now we are going to correct it and do it this way and i'm pretty uh-huh. sure when i do something the third time around or the fourth time around you know it will be uh-huh. different from how we done things at sleepy owl so i feel that learning process is continuous failure is very 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 important because mm-hmm. uh, you know i mean it's important if you choose to learn from your failures that's all i can uh-huh. say and you know i would ask you a question the way my mba professor used to ask me uh, if you were to go back in history who would you have a cup of cold brew coffee with how would you pitch it and what is it that you would ask them very interesting um i i have to think about this you know i mean uh i think one of my uh you know one of the you know books that i read recently was by uh howard schultz right which is who is right, the founder right. of starbucks Right. it was a phenomenal uh, phenomenal book to read and uh, there's a lot of learnings and wisdom in how he's built the company to that scale right? right and i think pretty much if you were to think about it when they started in the 1970s if i'm not wrong right. they they brought espresso to america right right uh, yeah uh, espresso was a very italian concept uh, that right. that they brought to america and mm-hmm. uh, they convinced not just america but the world to enjoy that style of coffee right Right. So so I think I would love to have a cup of coffee with him maybe cold brew right. with him and right. tell him about our journey in India and then learn about how you can get customers to adopt something new you right. know mm-hmm. um, so I think that would be a fun conversation to have and what is it that you would ask him uh like I said I'd ask him about you know how the the journey of getting customers around to adopting what you believe in right mm-hmm. um because even here we are trying to convert customers uh, from a particular lifestyle from a particular uh-huh. behavior and change that behavior right so right. for starbucks also if you were to think of it they created what they call the middle place which is neither home right. nor office but they right. got customers to start behaving in a way that okay they can sit at a cafe and enjoy themselves and spend hours there right? right so i feel like that behavior change is always very difficult i would like right. to learn deeply you know from the horse's mouth of how they did it and what we okay. can learn from them to do it ourselves right and he had a store uh, i think he had a store to begin with uh so do you Correct. also envision envision that uh, you will uh, want to create some sort of a store no uh you know it's not in our plans as of now but never say never we don't know where the journey is going to take us right, right. but as of now we are strictly a direct to consumer online company and mm-hmm. uh, we're an fmcg company that also supplies to retail stores around the city so right. we have uh, no coffee shop of our own and it's not on the cards right now right and tell us about the experience of converting say a retail store uh, you know you go to a store in say a khan market or in a hoskas or in some other place in india and you try to kind of convince them that guys this is something really new 
and you should stock it. What was the experience? You, what was the feedback you got when you first sort of started selling your coffee to them? So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, in, so initially when we started, we went to a few stores to list our product and we faced a lot of rejection where it was so new that the, that the people did not believe that it would sell well. Even if they mm-hmm. found it tasty, they were like, oh, okay, this is nice, but patani bikega ki nahi, you know, and that was uh-huh. the attitude that we got. But Right. Uh, which is why also we went direct to consumer and sold to consumers directly. And, you know, because our product was such a hit, consumers started going to these retail stores and asking for the product. Right? Ah, nice, so nice. Ultimately, the retailers started contacting us, but this is still uh-huh. small scale. Only a couple of stores, right? Right. Um, but it was still interesting to get a retailer calling you and saying, listen, we want to now stock your product and customers are demanding it. So that nice. is the best way for something to happen, to be honest, right? Right. But if right. you... M- move from there to now say okay that can happen for 10 20 30 40 stores right right but you want to be at 400 500 stores you need to build uh you know you need to build and train a team of sales officers right, right. so the one option is to do it yourself right so when we want right. to sign up with a big chain we always do it ourselves where my right. co-founder and i go meet these people and we sit in their offices for hours at end and mm-hmm. uh, try to convince them to start the product but right. but when you go into mass general trade, you need to have a team of sales officers, and right. they go from store to store convincing the person, you know, to keep uh-huh. the product based on you know its benefits, the quality of the product, uh, the, the the customer reach that we have online, and uh, you know uh, compare it to the competitors on their shelf and show how you are different, whether it's uh-huh. difference in the volume, whether it's difference in the pricing, whether it's difference in oh this is a much cooler looking product and you should definitely have it on your shelf. And you uh-huh. always ask them to start small, right? They don't need to take, right. uh, you know, 100 pieces. They can take five pieces and start with that, right? You know, they come back and they, you know, order more from you. And then the cycle begins. Right, right. And that brings me to the design of the box and the design of the entire uh, process. Uh, from bottle design to box. What goes into the design thinking of your products? Tell us about your design philosophy. So, uh, you know, I, uh, you know I, I don't look at design in the company. My co-founder, Ashwajit, uh, looks uh-huh. at all design, packaging, marketing, branding. But mm-hmm. uh, I, would, I, mean, I can definitely share our philosophy and our thought process with you. I mm-hmm. hope he doesn't kill me for it if I say anything wrong. <laughs> but, uh, my, my, my understanding is that we focus on being, uh, you know, minimal, simple, and, uh, you know, have very, very clear... Uh, you know, uh, text on our packaging so customers can actually look at it and read it clearly and follow the instructions on it, right? In right. terms of the look and feel, it has to, you know, uh, make a customer feel warm, happy when right. they see it, right? There right. should be a feeling of uh, brightening up of, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of getting emotional or getting uh, attached to what they are drinking and the packaging evokes this feeling, right? Mm-hmm. So, or the design evokes this feeling and then this translates, you know, there has to be consistency. Right. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a bottle, whether it's the box, whether it's uh, your social media communication, there has to be consistency throughout, right? Because right. customers get engaged with the brand at very different touch points, right? right. And right. irrespective of the touch point they interact with, they should always remember it's the same brand. It's the right. same voice that's speaking to them, right? right? So we try and maintain that consistency. We also try and be very relatable, right? So mm-hmm. packaging is not just about the design, but it's also about the communication, right? Right. So, so we have to ensure that we are communicating to the customer in a language that the customer understands in right. a language that the customer would like to respond to you. Right. Um, right. This even, you know, I don't know if I'm digressing from the correct, from the question, but this even mm-hmm. translates into, into your customer support. Right. 
So right. when someone replies to a comment on Instagram or they reply to a com- uh, you know on your message on inbox, right, or your email, the tone mm-hmm. with which you reply to them, right, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. It also is also quirky and relatable and friendly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it represents mm-hmm. the brand, right? Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, the kind of message or tone you will get from a life insurance company and from Sleepy Owl will be very mm-hmm. different, right? And each brand needs to understand what their voice is, what their tone is, who they are targeting and communicating. And you have created new products. You've come out with a French Valina. You've come out with a Hazelnut. Now, how do you decide what product to come out with? Is it based on some research? Is it based on a gut feel? How do you kind of decide? I'd say it's a mix of both, right? So, so I mean, like the pop, most popular coffee flavors in the world would be French vanilla, hazelnut, mocha, uh, you know, uh, caramel. So these are mm-hmm. the common flavors that, you know, are there globally. For over, over the last two years, we only sold uh, unflavored, which is just an original and a dark roast mm-hmm. uh, coffee, right? And we only had these variants. In our mm-hmm. bottles, we only had the classic and the sweet, right? Mm-hmm. But the goal was to get customers to understand the taste and adopt the taste of our product first before venturing mm-hmm. into flavors, right? right but we right. knew down the line that, you know, when you want to get to a bigger market and especially in a market like India, uh, uh-huh. where, where coffee drinkers are not, you know, so nuanced, where pe- uh-huh. people are more excited to try, you know, a vanilla flavored or a hazelnut flavored coffee. So we mm-hmm. took our time with it and we launched it. In terms uh-huh. of, uh, you know, market research, I would say not you know, it's not as significant as you would expect an Nestle or a Cafe Coffee Day or someone else to do, right? right. It's still startup level. It's still, right. uh, you know, uh, very basic. Friends and family, and yeah. A lot of instinct involved in making this decision. So, uh, like, tell me, where do you get your ideas? Where do you get your best ideas? Now, researchers say that it's when you're doing something really different, like, say, taking a shower or running. Does it happen to you? How do you get your ideas? So I, you know, I mean, I personally, I don't think, you know, it's, it's either a shower or running. I think it's just being mindful, you know, through the day. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, it's, it's about like being aware of what your thoughts are. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, through the day, whether you're driving from work or you're sitting alone in office or you're having a shower or you're running or you're cooking for that matter. Right. Anytime Mm -hmm. that you get alone, that I'm alone and my mind is thinking and I have thoughts running through. I try and, you know, focus those thoughts on, uh, you know, focus on those thoughts and be mm-hmm. more aware of what I'm thinking. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the moment something interesting strikes, you know, or I mm-hmm. feel like, okay, this is an angle that I haven't thought about before. I write it down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's on my notes in a phone or in a small notebook, you just put it down and it's there. You don't lose that thought. And then you can go deeper and think about it. Because mm-hmm. I have two co-founders who work with me and, uh, you know, we work closely together. More often than not, the moment an idea comes, I pick up the phone and share it with them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the easiest way because you can immediately, you know, start thinking more about it or mm-hmm. find flaws in it. So I think mm-hmm. having a companion to talk about your ideas is mm-hmm. very helpful, you know, because mm-hmm. then you have someone to bounce these ideas off. Right, nice. So you are a young brand. Is there an institution you look up to and think this is the kind of longevity I want for my institution? So you can think of, you know, there are companies like Nestle, Tata, you know, even Amazon and that league, I'd say that have been around for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they have like, you know, obviously fantastic longevity and demand and they've innovated and changed themselves over the years, right? So mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, I while we look up to these companies, we also mm-hmm. take a lot of inspiration from young coffee companies around the globe that have succeeded in their respective markets, right? Right. So while okay. we are growing in India and a leading player in India, there are some uh-huh. fantastic brands in the UK, in the US, in Australia that have been right. around for, you know, maybe 10 or 12 or 15 years, right? 
right. so so while we are four years old they're 15 years old right so we really look up to their journeys how they broke into the market what they're doing because they too are competing mm-hmm. you know at the with the global mncs right Right. So, so a company that's in in New Zealand or the UK is probably competing with Tata and Nestle in their markets, and we're uh-huh. competing with Tata and Nestle and Starbucks in our market, right? right? So, so we look at companies because we feel like you know, looking at a a, a company that's forty, fifty years old, those guys have had that time to establish themselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas a company that's you know, say ten or twelve years old, has recently uh, been on the same journey that we are on, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's amazing to see their growth and their methods and what they are doing and learn from those things. Are you planning to go international? We would love to. We would love to. We just, you know, want to go slow and steady. Uh, mm-hmm. Reason being that um, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, rush ahead too quickly. Also, I think India is a very, very big market. There's a lot of potential for our growth in India first. So, mm-hmm. so we want to basically tap into that first before and make whatever mistakes we need to make here before mm-hmm. we take the product global. Having said that, there is demand. We have got mm-hmm. requests, and it's always exciting. But mm-hmm. there's always the right time for it, and we don't feel like that right time has come for us yet. Last one to you, uh, Arman. What is your advice for young or wannabe entrepreneurs? A lot of them quit their jobs on a hunch because they feel that entrepreneurship is something they should get into. What are your thoughts on that? I, I see. While I think I quit my job on a hunch, I don't think I would advise people to quit their job on a hunch necessarily, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I would I would advise people to really look deeply at, you know, their idea, uh, not just in terms of like, oh, how much money can the idea make, but mm-hmm. look at it in terms of like, you know, will you be passionate and will you be loyal and hardworking to your idea and your brand for 5, 10, 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to put in that kind of commitment to bringing it to life? Because the, mm-hmm. when the, the moment when you quit your job and even when I quit my job, it was very rosy. It was very mm-hmm. exciting to think, oh, okay, wow, now I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own company. Right, but only only once you know that 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 initial honeymoon phase passes, and then you realize that yeah, this is not easy, and there's a lot of work, and there's a lot of uh, effort that goes into building something, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say never do it on a hunch. Really, mm-hmm. you know, be inquisitive with yourself. Ask yourself questions. Ask and understand the why behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the how is something you figure out on the journey. The what is also something that you know you keep coming across things and you keep making changes. But your why needs to be strong. From the very beginning, so I know I I know that when I quit, while I quit on a hunch, mm-hmm. um, my co-founder and I were very clear on our why, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which at that point was not coffee. It was mm-hmm. not uh, you know sell the best coffee in the world or make thing. It was we really believe that we are at the age where mm-hmm. we have the energy and the passion to mm-hmm. work on our own without mm-hmm. having you know let's say guidance from bosses or the elderly around us. And mm-hmm. we will do 100% of what it takes to make our business and us successful, right? We were very, very clear on that, uh, right. and we knew that you know we had this unwavering uh, determination, right? Mm-hmm. And we quit on that basis, right? right. Um, but, but but just a hunch, I don't think is enough. You need to you know uh, you need to understand like you know if you have we, we also did we also were 24 years old and did not have any family depending on us per se. Right? right. So, so each person's life has, you know, a different story, different things to offer, and different things are thrown at them. Right. So, right. so they need to evaluate all these things. So, when right. so the word hunt means that you're not evaluating everything; you're just going strictly by what your gut says. Right. Right. Um, right. So, I think sort of hunch and uh, proper introspection and evaluation. 
right uh, that's interesting with that we end this show today arman thank you so much for those insights for those for that conversation we just had uh, guys do visit sleepyowl.co for more information about their amazing coffees and do write back to me at anmol at podsters opt in with your feedback thank you once again arman for that insightful thank conversation you, thank you for a wonderful list of questions and this engaging discussion this podcast is produced by podsters Audio editing by Srishti Chaturvedi. Research by Parneet Kaur. Podsters.